Recently, I was watching Dharmesh Shah on YouTube. Now, Dharmesh Shah is the founder of HubSpot. And he was saying something very interesting. He was saying that over time, markets become more efficient. What he means by that is that people find a better way to sell. People find a better way to connect with their supplier, with their buyer, with their customer, and so on. And when he was saying this, I immediately thought of crypto girls. So what is CryptoGills? CryptoGills is a platform which is going to connect 20,000 girls, 1,200 Web3 games, and 1.5 million players because it is developing a platform to make it more efficient for these parties to connect. And that is what um, marketplaces do. They make things more efficient, whether it is Airbnb or Uber. They make it more efficient for people to connect, do business, and work together. And that's when I thought, <clears throat> why not interview Jeremy, who is the founder or the co-founder of um, of CryptoGills? Why not interview him and find out a bit more about what he's building? So today on this episode, I'm going to interview him and find out. And we're going to talk th some things about such as Web3 Gaming or what the future of Web3 Gaming has for us. How do you democratize games? What are AAA games doing about Web3? And how do you even choose an NFT game to play? How do you choose which game you should play, which games you should avoid? So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, innovators, explorers, and risk takers. Welcome to another episode of the Web3 with Sam Kamani podcast. I'm your host, Sam Kamani. I am an Amazon best-selling author, a tech startup founder, and a strategic advisor to multiple Web3 startups. I'm here to take you on a journey to explore the world of Web3, all the risks, all the opportunities. And my goal is to educate you about what other people, the founders, the investors, what are they building? What are they paying attention? So you can take advantage of it. So you can benefit from it. However, I would like to start with saying that this is not investment advice. I would still highly encourage you to do your own research. I have nothing to sell you. So with that out of the way, let's get into it. So, so Jeremy, welcome to the show. And my first question is, what does CryptoGills do? How would you explain it to someone that's completely new? All right. So thank you for having me first. I guess in order to explain what CryptoGills does, I need to explain what a guild is and maybe what a scholar is. Yes, so please. Just go ahead. Perfect. To give you an idea, so play to earn games are games based on, on blockchain. So it means yeah. that you will play these video games and you will earn crypto tokens by, by doing it. Yes. Basically what play to earn games are about. In order to play these games, you need to have NFTs from this game. So an NFT from a game can be three things. It can be a character of the game. It can be equipment or it can be some land. So in order to play this game, you need one of these NFTs. Then you'll be able to play and then you'll be able to earn tokens, coins from the game. So what started to happen, for instance, with Axie Infinity's most famous play-to-earn game, is people started to buy a lot of Axies, so characters, NFTs of the games. And they didn't have the time or the desire to play with them. So they didn't like uh, generate yield with their assets. So yeah. what they started to do, they started to lend these NFTs to people that couldn't afford them in the first place. And yeah. they said, okay, I'm going to give you my axes. You play with them. 
And then we're going to generate some yield. So we're going to split the yield you generate. So I give you my axis, you generate some coins every day and we do 50-50 or 70-30 or 60 points. This took a name. So managers owning NFTs from the game, owning assets, lend them to scholars, what we call crypto scholars, yeah, a scholarship. And the yes. scholarship is agreement between the scholar and, and, the, and the manager. And I'm going to the guild right now. So guild are simply organizations of managers that structure and scale the process of buying homages from the games and lending them to players, to scholars. So that's basically what guilds are, what scholars are, and what scholarships are. And what we do at Crypto Guilds is basically we're the, we are the first platform that connects the guilds and the scholars, kind of like the job board of GameFi or LinkedIn of GameFi. Today, there are 20,000 guilds, 1.5 million scholars, and that's basically what Crypto Guilds does is connect all of them into, into one ecosystem. Yep. Do you know how many, I, I don't know, roughly approximately how many games would there be that like, that are, that you can say they are web three games. So I guess that are live right now, I yes. think about uh, two or three hundred yep. and are in development thousands. Thousands, uh, yes. Thousands of developments. But I yeah. think that uh, you have different types of games, you know, what we call the triple A games and then yes. uh, or different types of games, mobile games, computer games, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a vast uh, segmentation of the market, but ultimately a lot, a lot of game studios are running rushing to the Web3. Uh, yeah. Do, do you think the AAA studios will jump into Web3 or will they just stay on the sidelines and watch for a while? No, for sure. For sure. They're, they're already jumping in. I mean. You have many games that are so-called triple A games in development in the industry. Like the two most famous, I guess, are Star Atlas and, uh, and Illuvium. Yes. And the, many of these games are designed or developed by uh, former execs from triple uh, A game studios. And yeah. They are watching it closely as well. So no, I think the whole industry is going to go there at some point. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. How many, you know, how you have the data for like nearly 1.5 million scholars, how many people, um, like engage in web three games? I mean, because people have to use their MetaMask or th there should be some data out there that how many people play web three games in the world. Do we so know? it's, it's so it. It, it varies a lot it based on yes. the, there's a, like when the tokens prices are high, there's a lot of, of players playing and when it goes down, there's less players play. <laughs> uh, that's natural. So now we, you can rely on, on, yeah, two things. You can rely on on-chain data, which is yep. basically transactions made by players with the game or using themselves. So you see how many active wallets you have for this game using the specific tokens. There's, and then you have the off-chain data, which is the game saying, okay, we have this amount of daily active users or, or et cetera, et cetera. So you have these yes. things that, that help us understand what's going on. And the on-chain data is really helpful because it brings transparency to the market and you know really what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, very, very, very cool. Yeah. So just, just thinking about the whole dynamics and of the of blockchain gaming. And one of the things how I understand it is that, you know, what Web3 games or blockchain games allow people is that when you stop playing that game, you're uh, able to take that NFT, that characters, whatever is on chain, 
to either another game or sell it on an open market. Then someone asked me recently a question on that, that, hey, if people can take that with them, then why would a studio want to go in that sort of a business? Like, you know, a lot of the bigger studios, they won't want to control their everything, their IP, their characters, there's everything. Of course, I mean, I, I say that, yeah, they get benefit from secondary sales and all that, some some cut. But are there any other advantages for studios to go and think about going? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's most, mostly a different way of, of thinking of the game economics or the game business yes. model for the studios. So of course you do not have a, a, I mean, at the moment you sell one character or NFTs, it doesn't belong to you and the users can do whatever they want with it. They can uh, extend it with themselves or go on second places, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is that the game studios uh, go this path because there is much more value generated in the game. So as you know, there are a lot of transactions. Most of the time they will take a cut on the transactions. They are, they are constantly developing new, new things can be again, characters, equipment, or lens. So we constantly, even though when they mid-mid or is owned by uh, players, they don't have control over it, but they can constantly generate new items and they can constantly yeah. generate new app that unlocks new, new things on the, on their, on their game studio, on their game environment. So it's essentially a completely different way of, of, of thinking about it. It's a way that you have a full, a strong economy. And that this is monetized very differently through your tokens and through your minting of NFTs. And I think it's also democ democratizing the, the, yeah. the games. So small game studios can really come out and, and do some, some cool games, get some funding very early by pre-selling some NFTs or tokens or, or whatever they might, <laughs> their model or economy might support. No, no, it, it absolutely, that, that makes sense. And I do think that there will be more and more people engaging, but you know, one of the, like I've been a gamer pretty much all my life. And like, I mean, web two games, triple A, I've worked in esports, I've worked in gaming and I've, I've studied the whole side of gamification a lot because we've built products in, in gamification in past, as well as now I work for a company in, in this sort of space and like web two games, like there is a lot of intrinsic motivation. You, you, people pay money to play those games. You don't even get paid like in now you're getting paid, but as soon as you're starting to get paid, it starts to feel like work. And however, you know, then it becomes, I mean, nearly 3 billion gamers in the world or nearly half the population of the world games on an ongoing basis at some stage in their life. But they all have intrinsic motivation. They might have other, we might all have other responsibilities, relationships, everything, but we still find a work, all that, we still find time to play games. And then if it, if the game becomes like work, we might not continue playing the same game for as long as the other way. How, how, how do you see web three games overcoming that or yeah. I think you're pointing out one of the main challenges of the industry right now is like, is play to earn a playing or a work. So right now it's, in my opinion, it's a work. So it's a job you're working in order to earn from these pay to earn games. There are a couple of reasons to that. One of them is that the games are not really good right now. The blockchain games are not the best ones, so they're not so fun to play all the time. And they attract a lot of, of people, like the model I described, what we're doing. So scholars and guild that really play in order to get some money so they can live from that. And it's like really yeah. their earnings. 
Yeah, which is nothing wrong, which is nothing wrong with that. No, no, no judgment to, to that. That's all good. Yeah, I mean, there are people doing all sorts of jobs. So that's great. If you've found something that's meaningful and making you a, a living, that's, yeah, all good. <laughs> I fully agree. It's, I, I, I 100% agree. I think there's nothing wrong for that. I think that's also what I, it's amazing. It gives possibility to anyone to really earn from its template, skills, etc. But the problem is that if there is only players like that in one game, that's why the economy of the games goes down because you need also players that play for fun. You need also players that yeah. will uh, invest money and time, not just in order to get more or get income, but also to, because they're having fun, they're enjoying it. And that's why the whole market, the whole industry is kind of switching from the play to earn. Play to earn it means whatever you do when you play, you will earn. It's a proof of play, proof of time. Yes. You need to show that you spend time and you will earn. And it goes toward the play and earn, which is basically a proof of skill. We go from a proof of play to a proof of skill. Do not, if you play a lot to the play and earn, but you're very bad, you will not earn anything. It's like a win to earn. You need to be good at skill. And I think that that will kind of switch the party from, okay, this is work and this is fun. And you will have both people like for, for people that are playing for them, it's really a job and others that they're really playing for fun when these really good games play and earn. And that's how I think that the, the market is trying to solve this challenge right now. That is, yeah, that's very neat. I, I do see it, how that can be solved. But over time, I think, you know, even for AAA games, they've taken like so many years sometimes they take five ten years to even develop a game and it, it takes time to good to create experiences that encourage genuine engagement genuine connection and all those sort of things and, and genuine sort of competition and and the right level of of difficulty not too hard otherwise you feel like you're grinding too long and and not too easy that they get boring very fast so it, it takes it's such a it's such a fine balance but yeah but apart from from this side of things what are some of the other mistakes that you see web3 game make so, so I think right now the, the, the market is really saturated. There is a lot, lot, lot of games coming and it's, and it's getting increasingly difficult, for instance, to, to raise money from, from VCs or, or even to, to raise money from the market. You know, a lot of games are selling uh, collections of, of items of energy from the game before they, the game is developed. So it's a way for them to, to help them before uh, developing. But I, I think right now, so this is getting extremely, increasingly difficult. That's, that's so I would say like for early stage game studios, you need to, before going into that, you need to have a clear strategy, a clear financial backup and understand exactly how you will, how you will, how you will do. It's the first yeah. one of the first uh, mistakes commonly made right now. It's, it's increasingly hard to really develop a blockchain game. Uh, so you need support to like, uh, from companies like, like yours, I think is, is helping with that. And so, and then it's a, the economics of the game. This is really hard because you need, uh, as I told you, 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 you have the, the players that comes to, and will earn, like come to earn money for their lives. Totally yes. fine. But then it brings a lot of selling pressure on the token and things to, to, to make the prices goes down. Then you have the guilds like crypto, like crypto guilds, so aggregates all the guilds and these guilds are organizations that partner with the games, buy a lot of NFTs on the game. So they, they bring in investment and a lot of players as well. But in the same time, they create like a, a monopoly of, of some assets in the game. So it can also be using. 
And then you have the long-term tokenomics in order for, for the game to make sense, which is incentivize enough early users with making, making them advantage. Yeah. Big layer on you. An unfair advantage that new players cannot win. <laughs> so I think these are common mistakes, but, but there is no good solution for now. Yeah. Because the whole world is figuring out, you know, right now it's a lot of experimentation. So yeah. everybody is trying to crack this model. It's not cracked yet. It, yeah, it's very interesting. So we worked with, with crypto unicorns and we helped them nearly quadruple the size of their economy. And how we did it, did that is by making sort of mini games and stuff. And so they just had to do the front end and make it look pretty and stuff. And our product does take, look after all the all the back end. So, so that's how we did one of the games we made for them, like Dark Forest or something like that. That was just before I, I joined. And so the unicorns, so 95% of the people who own the unicorns, 95% of them participated in that game. And when you can have that level of participation, that 95% of the people who own the NFTs participate quickly creates a lot of transactions and stuff. And I mean, that was just one example, but we've done a lot. We've done lots of loot boxes yeah. and loyalty rewards and stuff. So that, that sort of thing, definitely. But you, as you said, econ managing the economy is like nearly like managing an economy of a country or something. <laughs> you have to be so careful with it and, and yeah, watch out. Now, now let's talk about the, about the guild side of things. What do you see? as the guilds that are run really well do right? And what are the, some of the mistakes that the guilds make? So the guild for me is really a concept as at, it, at its infancy right now. It's really the beginning of what mm -hmm. they can do. They are right now just organizations, as I told you, that buy a lot of NFTs on the games, partner with the games, and, and rent them to scholars, to their users, so they will play the game. So they're an essential part of blockchain gaming because they have huge communities and they have money to invest in the game. So the game, they're really looking for guilds so they can kick up their development and, and get some users. Problem with guilds right now is that their model is being challenged because all the market is crashing and all the economies of the games are, are, are really going down. So it means that their treasury, so all the assets, the from the different case are losing in value and the potential of earnings from these assets is also going down drastically. So it means that the scholars. Many of them, the scholars in the guild, they're, they're leaving the guild and they're doing something else because they simply yes. do not, are not incentivized enough. They do not earn enough and, and maybe they do not find the game good enough to really like play it on a serious level in order to, to generate income. So this is one of the major challenges of, of the guilds right now. And I think this is due to many reasons. So market conditions and yes. also the state, the state of the blockchain game industry right now. But I think this will drastically change. So as we discussed, many AAA and AAA games are in development and yes. many, and the, the guilds will, will make it a strong comeback because they have all the, the, the infrastructure in the community and they will enter this market of AAA games. So what's going to happen according to me is that you will have a huge segmentation of the market. Right now, the market is really located in Southeast Asia where 80 or 90% of their blockchain players are, but with the but it, it also means that the games are either web browser games or mobile games. So it is accessible for, for, for people living in these areas. But then with the AAA games, you will have, you will need like a more expensive machine. And then the audience will really change as well. You'll have more 
Westerners, also an American and European audience coming into these games. Earnings potential will be increased. And then you will have new guilds coming specifically for these, these kind of games. So the, the market will be fragments with guilds coming from all different places in the world and some targeting a mobile game, some targeting uh, MMORPG, some targeting, yes. some being esports or some being uh, simply like guild generators. So yes. that's why for me, the concept of guild is, is, is more than what it is now. I, I, for me, I define guilds as meta companies or companies of Web3. The RZ yeah. of the metaverse. It's like the, because Guild simply defines a company in a game. It's, it's just about the gamification of life. And what, that's yeah. what the meta is about. And I also think that Guilds will not only remain, uh, they will not only remain uh, into the gaming, properly speaking. So like giving uh, NFTs on the games to players, but they will also set up businesses in the metaverse. And so they will also real company, meta companies by setting up business in the metaverse and doing and, and creating kinds of, of the meta work, like engaging their communities and helping their communities to different things in the metaverse to generate income, et cetera, et cetera. That's why I do believe guilds are just the beginning of what they are about to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's very, very true. That it kind of sort of makes me think of DAOs, you know, like decentralized autonomous organizations like DAOs and, and guilds, but it seems like guilds are run better than the DAOs. So well, I see that actually the, the perfect question you could answer me. Yeah. You could tell me, I saw DAOs were meta companies and I think I kind of disagree with that because DAOs, so decentralized autonomous organizations, they define a model of governance. Yes. They only define a model of governance. That's and I think the universe will not necessarily have only DAOs. You will have centralized companies, you will have decentralized companies, you will have privately owned, community owned, etc. Yeah. That's why guilds make more sense because they define gamification of, of an organization. They don't define its model of governance. So for me, that's why they're broader. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. And it just seems like that the guilds are so much more active. I mean, just I've joined multiple DAO discords, game discords, guild discords, just to see what is really going on in, in the, in the industry. I mean, just being a podcaster and just being curious about the whole space. And, and it seems like there is just so much activity in the guilds and that people have made real transactions. You know, they have got scholarships, they have made money, they've made a living wage in in philippines and vietnam and stuff and and of course it's very big there but eventually it will it will spread to other parts of the world and all that as as you said triple a games come then you'll need a graphics card which the computers with graphic like high-end graphics card are so expensive and, and then and then they will need more engaging and social sort of elements to that those games and stuff now the third aspect of it if you are a scholar or if you are a gamer, if you want to get started in Web3 gaming, how would you get started? Where would you go? Would you go to Crypto Girls? Would you go, where would, should be the starting point be? Someone who's completely new coming from Web2 games wants to check it out. I guess so. Yeah, I, I would definitely say, but I'm definitely biased that you should go to <laughs> Crypto because you have all the, all the games available on the, on the blockchain games. You have all the guilds uh, and all the scholarships. So, but it different what type of, of, of player you are. If you're a player that is going to say, okay, I'm going to buy my own NFTs from the game, 
So yeah. I would simply like go to see all list of games and then select the game, check it and buy your NFT and start playing. That's the first thing. If you're a player that wants to, to play, to, to earn or play and earn, but not buying the NFT, simply like rent it from a, from a guild or another manager, then you can go on your platform. You look for all the scholarships available. You look for the game you want to play. You see if there is a scholarship offer and then you apply. And applying is simply filling in. Most of the time, the guilds let you fill in a Google form, say a couple of things about yourself, and then they, and then they integrate you into their guild and they give you access to an account and then you can start playing. So if you, if you want to say, just play without investing anything, this is the way to go, yeah. uh, starting, starting with scholarships. And if you're a player, but you're okay to invest yourself, you check the games directly. Yeah. Talking about checking the games directly. As you say this, you know, two, 300 games plus thousands, literally thousands of projects I know that are, as you also know, they're building and want to launch or just NFT projects that have launched and raised money over the last eight, nine months. And now they want to create a game and stuff. How do you know where should they invest their time and energy in communicating in that community? How can, how should someone select a game in Web3 to get started? <laughs> Well, again, so it depends if you're here to earn or if you're here to have fun. If you're here to here to earn, you need yeah. to research the best earning opportunities. So you need to research the the, the, the biggest games that where you can get the more more yield. Yes. And that's basically for, for people here to earn. If you're just here for fun and just look at communities you like or games you like, if you like this collection of NFTs and they're doing your games and, and then go for it. But yeah, I agree that the the, the market is, is really segmented, it's getting huge. So that's really depending on what you're looking for and also what type of player you are. I mean, are you more into the more EGs? Are you more into first person more, shooter, all that stuff? Yeah. Yes, et cetera. Yep. So, um, can I put you on, on spot and <laughs> ask you about you, <laughs> you like say if you are uh, into first person shooter or, or something like that, what game should I be looking at? For me, I'm I'm playing. For instance, I, I like uh, MMORPGs. And yeah, yeah, like, MMORPG. Yeah, which one? Yeah, and I like card games as well. Yes, like, uh, but now the Hearthstone version in the in blockchain gaming, which I pretty really yeah. much like, I play it actually. It's called Skyweaver, and I think it's it's pretty cool. Like, card games, kind of like Hearthstone. That's one thing. And then in terms of MMORPGs, uh, that you have two that are not, not being developed right now under development, but I think it will be pretty yes. cool. You have Ember Sword and yeah. you have uh, Illuvium as well. So yeah, this... yeah. Illuvium is very big. It's everywhere. They've got lots of marketing spend, I guess. <laughs> I see them everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll, I'll check those games out. The card game that you are playing, what blockchain are they on? So uh, actually, it's a, it's a good question. I don't, I, I don't even remember which blockchain they're on. I think they have their own wallet. I need to check again. Yeah, yeah, no, no worries, no worries. Yeah, just, just out of curiosity. Of course, I'll, I'll go and and check and I'll, I'll put. What's the on Polygon right now? That I think is real rule. Yeah, yep, Polygon so. seems like really, really yeah. popular because of the low transaction costs and yeah. and yeah, Ethereum. It's you get the the brand name Ethereum, <laughs> but that's about it. I mean, that's my feeling. Of course, people in my team might feel differently. <laughs> I'm not that technical, so I mean, all right, yeah. I think 
Well, right now, Polygon is, is a custom to go in, in, in our, in terms of, of, uh, play to, play to our games or our games, but there are many, many, uh, competing ecosystem like, uh, Avax, yeah. One, Solana and yeah, the other Solana. one I'm seeing a lot these days, people who are, who are developing in is Solana. Definitely. I'm seeing a lot more Solana. So sometimes even more so than Polygon, because over the last eight, nine months, when it was at its peak, they had lots of VC money <laughs> and they were giving like, you know, one, one and a half million in Solana tokens, of course, to go and create, create apps and depths and all, all those sort of things. So, so no, look, that sounds like really, really interesting. There's a lot here that you, you shared about Web3 Gaming and, you know, how anyone can get started and where, where they can get started and where they can. Finally, what's your ask? Are you looking for anything? Is there like, are you looking for team members, players, people to join Crypto Guilds, anything? Feel free to share. Yeah, we're definitely looking for a, a, a core team members to, to join us. Actually, that would be something really cool. We are partnering with all the guilds and all the games. Yeah. So you, guilds and games listening just. Just come to us. We have a, a partnership program. So we onboard you. You have your own verified page on the platform. You can find, you can contact scholars into our platform. They can apply to your scholarships and you can even contact. If you're a guild, you can contact games. And if you're a game, you can contact guilds. So then the partnership agreement are all done in-house in crypto guilds, like smoothing the process a lot for these actors because they are very much intertwined. Yeah. So that's. Basically what my, my call is for all these stakeholders to, to, to join crypto guilds, which is growing really fast. We are onboarding a lot of guilds and a lot of games. Yeah. Having a lot of news coming in. So it's, it's really an exciting time actually. And uh, yeah, so. No, so. that's, look, that's fantastic. I will share all the links to you and to your social profile so people can reach out to you if they want to reach out to you personally, like your LinkedIn and your Twitter and your, and your, do you guys have a Discord? Yep. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Support. Cool. So I'll, I'll, I'll share that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So look, thank you. Thank you so much for your, for your time. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Been... Thank you so much for tuning in and watching this or listening to this episode of the Web3 with Sam Kamani podcast. You know the drill. Leave a comment. Please subscribe or share it with a friend. Now, if you are building something really interesting in this space, then reach out to me. My DMs are open. I'm at Sam Kamani on Twitter or on LinkedIn or on TikTok or on any platform. Just go and search for my name. Reach out to me. I would love to help you. I would love to have a conversation with you if time permits. So having said that, I want to wish you best of luck to whatever you are building. I know that about 35 to 40% of my listeners are founders themselves. So I want to say, Best of luck and go build that next innovation.